Welcome to First 15, and thanks for giving the first 15 minutes of your day to God and learning to listen to Him in a personal way. I'm Ron, and I'll be your guide on this journey. We're all followers here, and we're learning to hear God more clearly, to meditate on His Word, and then to pray it back to Him in our response. I invite you to subscribe to our podcast, and you can download it on any of your favorite podcast providers. You can also watch us on YouTube as well. We're climbing up another mountain today, and we get to witness an amazing scene that will leave you dazzled as we listen to Matthew 17. The intent here on verse 15 is to help us take the truth of God's Word and apply it in the rest of our lives beyond these first 15 minutes. We have a four-step process that we follow each episode, and to get more details and a demonstration of that, you can go back to episode one of this season, back to Matthew 1. You can get a copy of that on our podcast page or on YouTube and just find Matthew 1. You can also get the whole process detailed in a document that you can download at podcast.wordofprayer.com. Matthew 17, right after Simon Peter makes his bold confession of who Jesus is, there is a tense moment when Jesus drops a bomb on his followers. He mentions Jerusalem, suffering, death, in the third day when he'll be raised. They can't handle it. They cannot comprehend what he is saying. It just makes no sense. Peter takes Jesus to task and basically says, this cannot happen. No, I'm not going to allow you to suffer. That is certainly not God's will or God's plan. And Jesus then has to rebuke Peter and get after him. Poor Peter. He just doesn't have the whole picture in mind. He doesn't see things from God's perspective. And so Jesus rebukes him, but he doesn't reject him. He is still going to let him develop and grow in his understanding. And he, Jesus is willing to go a long way with Peter, even to welcome him back after Peter strongly denies Jesus in the moment when Jesus needs him most. That's coming ahead in the future. They don't get it. Peter, in many ways, is just voicing what others are probably thinking as well. And so Jesus, in order to drive the point home, at least hint at what is going to unfold very soon in the future, before a week passes, he takes his disciples on a trip up a mountain, but he only takes three of them with him. They go mountain climbing. And we're going to listen to Matthew 17, verses 1 through 13 today. After six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. There he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. Just then there appeared before them Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, a bright cloud covered them, and a voice from heaven said, 
This is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell face down to the ground, terrified. But Jesus came and touched them. Get up, he said. Don't be afraid. And when they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus instructed them, Don't tell anyone what you have seen until the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. The disciples asked him, Why then do the teachers of the law say that Elijah must come first? Jesus replied, To be sure, Elijah comes and will restore all things. But I tell you, Elijah has already come, and they did not recognize him, but have done to him everything they wished. In the same way, the Son of Man is going to suffer at their hands. Then the disciples understood that he was talking to them about John the Baptist. Matthew emphasizes the connections between Jesus and Moses. We've seen him make allusions to it several times already. Today it becomes obvious. Jesus converses with the two greatest figures in Israel's history, Moses and Elijah. Peter breaks in, Lord, it's good for us to be here. It is good to be in your presence, to see your glory shining, to see you in conversation with the prophets of ancient times. Lord, to be up on a high mountain with you and to be shown these mysteries. What a blessing for us. I think Peter was just overcome with all of what was happening here. Jesus is transformed before their eyes. He puts aside his fully human cloak for a while, and they catch a glimpse of his glory, shining face, clothes just dazzling white. And he's chatting with Moses and Elijah. Peter knows it is good to be here, but he doesn't really know what else to say or how to act. He offers to be helpful. It would be good if I make shelters for the three of you. Peter wants to camp out. He thinks they're going to hang out here a while. And so he offers to build shelters, temporary uh, places for them to stay. The enveloping cloud comes and a voice sounds out. This is my beloved son. Listen to him. The holy awesome, commanding voice of God. It shows folly for what it is. It sends forces of darkness fleeing. It causes men to fall on their faces. Peter's boldness is just melted and turned to fear. It is a forceful message. You see, Moses and Elijah cannot be equated or elevated to the level of the sun. Listen to him they're told. Peter, James, and John lay on their faces, fallen face down, beside themselves with fear and terror. Jesus comes and reassures them, get up, don't be afraid. They look up, and Moses and Elijah are gone. There's no one except Jesus. The Father's message comes with an exclamation mark. Listen to the Son. The great prophets are gone. It is God who is God of the living. These men were used by God, but it is God who endures and lasts. We live and die on his words. Listen to him. 
Jesus charges his three disciples, don't tell what you've seen until the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. Again, that must have made no sense to them, just like his earlier mention of it. Whenever Peter had confessed he's the Christ, and Jesus said, that's right, and I'm also going to suffer and die, and I'm going to be raised on the third day, that made no sense to them. They completely miss what Jesus is trying to say. And so, on the way down the mountain, look at the question that comes up. They're obviously still processing what they have seen and heard. And they're thinking about Moses and Elijah. And so they ask one of the raging questions of the day that was debated among the religious teachers. So why did the teachers of the law say Elijah must come first? <laughs> Jesus answers and basically interprets that and says, Elijah, not literally, he's not coming back, but a type of Elijah is coming, as was promised. John the Baptist, he came, and they treated him the way they decided to treat him. Herod cut off his head. They didn't see it at all. Jesus answers, Elijah comes and restores things, as John did. But the people of Israel knew Elijah was supposed to be coming, and they didn't recognize his coming. They didn't draw the connection. Oh, John is the promised Elijah, who is supposed to usher in the age of the Messiah. People didn't make the connection. Instead, what happened was John suffered for his bold witness and his testimony, and it's about to happen again. The Son of Man will suffer at the hands of men. Another prophecy. But did the disciples catch it? It doesn't appear so. A mystery is unveiled. Jesus shows these three disciples more of the truth about who he is and what the Son of God really means. He shows his intimacy with the Father as well as with the great prophets, Moses and Elijah. And there's only so much that the disciples can take in, believe, absorb, live out in their lives at this point. Let's pray about this. Father, thank you for revealing yourself through Jesus. I worship you, Son of God. Father, I bow at your feet and worship you. Thank you for revealing yourself and loving us, loving me as your child. Thank you for taking pleasure in me as you did in Jesus. I know your pleasure is in him, and by faith I believe it extends to me as well. By faith I receive it for myself, and thank you, Lord. I won't miss it, what you've done for me, what you gave up, the radical steps you took to make it possible for me to return to you. Thank you. John suffered, the Son of Man suffered, and God, if it be your will that I also have to suffer, let me accept your will. But I pray, Lord, just let me be faithful and follow in the steps of Jesus, whatever comes my way. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. In one sense, today's reading emphasizes the last episode that we had on the podcast, the question of who is Jesus? 2,000 years later, we know that he is a great person. In fact, the greatest person who ever lived. There's no question Jesus is at the very pivot 
of history and human existence. But for the disciples who were living it at the time, they still didn't see the big picture. Thank God for giving you an intimate picture of who Jesus really is and what he wants you to do, which is listen to him. Put that into practice today. Thanks for choosing to spend some time today with us on the podcast. God continues to speak to us. And the only real question is, are we listening? And will we listen to him? I hope you'll share this with someone else if it's blessed you today. And also remember, subscribe, like it, comment if you can. I appreciate your support and your feedback. Today's episode is brought to you by Journey with Jesus, book four, praying your way through Matthew's gospel. It makes a good devotional for the Easter season or a gift for someone else. Until our next time, keep listening to God's word.